this morning on You Know My Name and Not My Story. You guys are in for an eye-opening as we meet with William John DeVries of Love Life and Calvary Chapel Downey. Today we're going to hear about a number of things, which we'll be talking about alternatives and support systems for both men and women. The goal is to end abortion, to stop the orphan crisis, to have resources to help with foster care. If you're a pastor and you want to partner, if you're a man and woman or a family in crisis, they are here for you. Without further ado, our in-house guest today, John. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So good to see your face today. I know. It's been, it's been a battle just getting here. I know. I know. You know, we're doing something right when the enemy's suppressing everything he can in communication. I know. I know. So for our audience listeners, I had the opportunity to meet John about 10 to 11 months ago when this baby was just being birthed at this church. I attended um, one of their breakout meetings and... Um, It just touched my heart um, for the core group that is here. And fast forward to this month, um, February 2022. The month is the Sanctity of Life. I got to attend a local prayer walk. But John, I'd like you to share with the audience how you got involved. What um, brought you to where you are today? Uh, I mean, it started off just... I always had a heart for um, the taking the life of children. I didn't understand how come so many churches weren't more involved in the image bearer of God. Um, so I always had a heart for I remember coming up to uh, Pastor Glenn and asking him, hey, how come our church, Calvary Chapel Downing, doesn't have a, a pro-life ministry? And he goes, well, it used to for years. It was called Crossroads. And what happened was the guy, Tim, he took off be in a movie out of state. And I said, well, the, what can I do to help? He goes, well, what you can do is do some researching to find out how we can get more involved in offering like resources to train people, like discipleship. So I started doing that, and I looked, I found inabortionnow.com, um, and they, they, they go to the clinics, they minister to the people coming in and out, they give them the truth of the gospel, they give them how they can help, the church is there to help. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to them, and I got some emails back and forth. Um, the next thing I know, I brought it to Glenn. He goes, okay, let's check this out. He goes, Ron Rose from Chino Hills, Calvary Chapel, came up to me. He goes, hey, they're having a love life boot camp in North Carolina. He goes, I want you to go. And I'm all, okay, I'm down. I didn't even like just pray about it. I said, I'm, I'm down. And the reason why I was so willing to do that is because... Um, probably like a month previous to this conversation about, you know, wanting to have a heart for the sanctity of life, God broke me. He broke me in me trying to do things my way. When it came to a relationship, when it came to marriage, when it came to thinking certain things in my life was God's will. And he broke me in it. And I remember praying and crying out to him and asking the Lord, I'm done trying to do it myself. What will you have for me to do? Here I am, pretty much how you know Isaiah said, Here I am, send me. 
and I did that, and that's why I responded to Glenn so easily, because I knew that God had a purpose for me to be part of that. So that's kind of where it started. I went to North Carolina, did a Love Life boot camp for a week. Tremendously blessed. There was so much love and, and leadership there and structure. It really changed my life. And I saw God showed me what, I, what He wants me to do. And it was overwhelming because there was so much, but at the same time I knew that His hand was in it. Because every door opened. Every door opened, I just walked in faith. I walked. And I just trained and, and Glenn was with me every step of the way. So that's kind of where pretty much where it started. And that was, I went to boot camp in April of last year. And what they do is they do everything through the biblical teaching of the Bible and do hands-on about loving people, not judging them. Loving and giving them another option to say, hey, the church is here to help the body of believers, not the government. That's kind of what the, the intel is. The church is here to help. So that's what God's been lining in my life when it comes to this ministry. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I have been to other walks, and I will have to say... Um, the one that I attended with Love Life was so beautiful. It was so peaceful. It was everything that you just said. And um, I was telling my husband, like, the to see children of all different ages, families, men, uh, people with littles in strollers. Um, and, of course, the turnout was just amazing. And I think that's when I met you, when you just came back from North Carolina or you were just yes, going, yes, right? Because yeah. we're almost at a year now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, God's doing a work over here. For our listeners, we're in, um, we're in Downey, California. We're here at Calvary Chapel today having this conversation in-house. And um, you're going to be able to learn more about how to get involved and other things as you continue listening in. So um, tell our listeners a little bit about... That the, the foundation and the actual um, mission of Love Life. Yeah, <clears throat> so uh, so Justin Reeder is the founder of Love Life, and this ministry started in 2012 when he got taken to a uh, abortion clinic, a Planned Parenthood, um, with a business meeting. But across the street, they were showing what's going on across the street, and because he's seen these women come in and out broken it finally clicked that these women are here with no hope no purpose and you know and they're having abortions on the daily and in Justin Reader that lit a fire because we need to do something and in that so the overview of you know Love Life's mission is to is to unite and mobilize the church to create a culture of love and life that will result in the end of abortion and the orphan crisis. And what that means is, we have a mission, the Great Commission, right? We're, we're called to be that person that goes and picks up that, that Samaritan that's in the ditch. And to be the church is not just the building, but it's the body of believers that come together and say, we're here. Whatever we got going on, we're here. Yeah. We love you. And that love is not something that we have. It's something that God gave us. Because you know the word of God says it's God is love. And we can't know it apart from him. So it's it's getting the church aware of what they can do. And, and love life helps that structure. To structure when it comes to, you know, 
um, uh, like orphan care when it comes to um, doing things like the prayer walks that we just had that you saw the witness of that took a year of praying mm-hmm. and God called over 260 people almost 300 people the first prayer walk in Downey yeah. to come out and pray definitely fruit yes it was, it was beautiful it was amazing yeah it humbled us the team that's been praying and trying to you, what we try to do is we try to push on it, but God's the one that does it in His time. And we got to see that and what it is and encourage the team. And it made us dig even harder. And when it comes to the sanctity of life and shining light in the darkness in everyone's backyard, you know? And one of the things that we, we always say is, you know, if we knew the next school shooting was where it would be scheduled to, to be, we would have a SWAT team, the church would be there, FBI would be there. You know, if we knew ahead of time, well, we know when the next baby's life's going to be taken. And are we there? Is the church the witness on the sidewalk? Are they there? Now we know. And that's what love life is, is to bring awareness. And not just give you a piece of paper, but train you in this other steps that God has called us to do. It could be sidewalk outreach where you're calling out to women in love. Or men ministering to them and saying, hey, we're here to help. We have some literature for you. You know, or... A life mentor, a woman that chose life on the sidewalk. We have uh, women that keep in contact and disciple and be there. And we do baby showers and, and um, offer clothes or finances. Whatever it is, the church is there to help. There's so many ways. And even orphan crisis. At Downey Calvary Chapel, we have Hannah's Helpers. It's a Christian ministry that I actually have a meeting, uh, I think it's like twice every Sunday, with the Rich Carolog. Awesome brother of the Lord. That ministry is so fruitful, and it's an honor to be, be part of. Because just in that orphan one, we have human trafficking, mm-hmm. we have uh, foster care, we have all that, and love life, pro life ministry is part of that ministry. So we work together, and then we also have restored life. women that have gone through abortions, or even men that gone through this abortion. How to restore them in discipleship through God and the forgiveness of it, um, and also financial help. People want to help financially. That's the mission. There's structure in um, helping these areas, and the church is here. It's the mission. That's a huge umbrella. (laughs) It is. I don't think there was anything left that um, isn't covered to um, combat someone who you might be might be sitting there having a conversation with, like whatever resource is needed. I think they've covered it. And they've covered it, again, in such a beautiful way, because just to witness um, the love, again, I've, I've seen other things out there that are not um, done with such compassion and in such a gentle way, and, you know. And if I could say, too, that's, that's been the battle, too, because you got believers that are already on the sidewalk. But the way they approach it is too aggressive. Right. And it's more of a judgmental than right. a love. Mm-hmm. And we have to like restructure it and saying, we're there to love, love thy neighbor. Love God and love neighbor, the two greatest commandments. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have battle with believers. Like, <laughs> hey, we need to be compassionate and loving. Because the Bible says the goodness of God that brings people to repentance. And the sad thing is because this has been pushed off for so long when it comes to to broken women and broken men that we don't know how to do it. But Love Life has done a tremendous thing because they have training in it 
to what to say, what not to say. But the greatest of it all is to love. You know, you can't have meekness, kindness, gentleness, these fruits of the spirit without love. None of it means nothing unless it's grounded in love. And that's what's cool about this ministry is it's founded upon that. Yeah. For sharing that. Um, so I think we touched not only within the mission statement, but is there anything in the vision that we haven't talked about? The vision? What about the vision right now that's going on in this in this church, right here in this location? Yeah. So um, the vision we base off Nehemiah one through three in the chapter about seeing seeing the problem and rebuilding the wall, right? So we see the problem right now in Downey is we need more more Christian witnesses on the sidewalk, but we also need to, Christian witnesses to be committed to saying, "Hey, I, what God has called you to do, do it." And right now, we really need um, what's happening in Downey actually is they're starting a fire. There's a the Holy Spirit fire that's, that's happening. It started in Downey. Now it's in Compton. This, these are all clinics that are around us. Um, we have one starting in San Pedro uh, in Orange County. And what we need is more committed Christians to be able to go to these places and to be that witness there. And with Love Life, we train them. We, we give them the tools they need to teach other people in all those areas that we talked about earlier. You know, adoption. Um, sidewalk outreach, um, whatever it is, uh, restored life. We have a ministry called uh, Beauty for Ashes, and it's women that or men that have gone through an abortion and need that freedom and the forgiveness only found in Christ. Awesome ministry, and um, her name is Dana. Today, she's a sweetheart. She needs help. She needs help in this ministry. Because it could be overwhelming. It's, I think it's about an 11-week course. They just started it. Unfortunately, when they start it, they don't add on people. Because they go to the, go through a book together in Restoring Life. But the goal is to get that in Downey. It's in Santa Fe Springs, Carver Chapel. We want it in Downey as well. Okay. And the reason that that's important is because um, a lot of women and men, they hold, um, they hold having abortions for 15, 20 years. And they never tell nobody. And because they feel like it's an it's an abominable sin or something, but sin is sin, and you know that forgiveness is found in Christ. And the enemy keeps that suppressed, so they, they have that stronghold in their life, knowing that God can forgive it, and to be more transparent in sensitivity and in, in, in secrecy on, on that ministry, because we don't want to be we right. want to be comfortable in freedom, you know. Right. Yeah. I think. Um... You know, I've been in ministry for many, many years, and I look back and think, wow, the things that you people have shared in confidence, and the things that you get to pray about, and then when you see the hand of God moving and answering and transformation, um, it's a beautiful thing, and that's what we're witnessing here. Uh, For people that are tuning in late right now, we will have all the links available to reach out to this ministry and John and... um, so just in case you're turning in late, but we encourage you to go back and listen to the whole podcast. Okay, so um, I know the real life statistics. I would like you to share 
numbers. I know that there's real life numbers out there, and then they're they're um well, you can give us those. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot to cover in this, um, but just in 2004, um, across the country, they surveyed about 957 um, uh, clinics and their main reason for having an abortion. And they have this, because a lot of times, because I go on the sidewalk and I minister and call out to the women and men, and a lot of times the biggest argument is um, not ready to have a child, believe it or not. Rarely do you hear women say that they've been raped, and it's, they're both horrific, you know? But the actual percentage shows that, you know, 0.5% of women that are raped actually have an abortion. It's actually the smallest percentage. Um, and it's there's freedom in Christ in that, and we we offer that. Um, and that's very sensitive. That's why you have to be trained in this because you have to be sensitive in how to approach it, how to talk to her. And sometimes they're young ladies, you know. And it's only through love, meekness, and kindness that you can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. But so 0.5 percent of victims are raped because they have an abortion. The highest percentage is 25 percent say they're not ready for. excuse, you know, because what I remind these women when they say, and say hey, the church is here, and the reason why you're not ready, because of Psalms 139, you're not ready because God's the author and finisher of life God gives life and he takes life, and it just shows you who your creator is I mean, I, this woman could be an atheist, don't believe in God, and she's saying that I'm not ready to have a child, you're not ready because the child's not done by you, it's done by God, the Bible says that I meet you in your mother's womb by you and I share that truth with them and they make them think make them think and for that to be the highest percentage in these women it, it, it's sad because they don't know the truth and they don't know because the church isn't out there giving them the truth they're finding it in social media they're finding it in YouTube they're finding it in, in the world and things in the world so things of God and the statistics go on just in Florida the records for um Abortion in 2020, um, about 74,868 aborted babies in Florida in 2020. That's the most recent. Um, this table lists each reason for the percentage of abortions that occurred because of these reasons. Pregnancy resulted from um, incest relationship, and that's about 0.01%. The highest percentage in the reason in Florida for abortion was no reason. 74% didn't have a reason, just wanted to have an abortion. See, if we had the fear of God, and, and, and I'm not saying fear to be scared and running from Him, but a reverence of knowing who is the author and finisher of our faith, who's the one that gives life and takes life, who we're going to be held accountable to, held accountable to, we wouldn't be doing things like this and taking the life of a child. Because why is it that everyone that's alive wants to choose to take a life of an unborn? That's a scary fact. Um, and we need to be a Christian witness on the sidewalk saying, hey, we'll be held accountable. But not just that, to choose life today because it's a blessing, not a burden. Right? The world says children are a burden. See, God has called us to procreate in, the, in Genesis because not for self, but to glorify His name. 
He wants us to raise children up in the fear of the Lord and the shunning of evil. To change the generation. To change the generation of knowing God and worshiping God. And loving God and loving neighbor. That's what he's called us to do. But there's been a mix. Because the world's, the world's ideology of way of thinking. To where they think that we're the ones. That we're, we're becoming God. That's the problem. It's human nature. We become God. I'm the one that gives life. I'm the one that takes life. When you get the highest percentage saying that not ready to have a child, you know who gives life. Romans 1 says, God's the one that gives life. And you know him because your conscience reveals it. Your, your morals reveal who's the author, who, who's in control. And that's the fact. Um, so, the sad thing is, too, I like to share on the sidewalk as well, is about 27% of women that gone through an abortion they end up going through depression and suicidal thoughts. And I shared that on the sidewalk with love, but the reason why is because the enemy is lying to them, saying that once you do this, everything's going to be okay. And the reality is it's not. It actually gets worse. Because you always remember that one child. And we're, as a church, we're there to remind them that, hey, it's a blessing God's giving you for a reason. He's going to provide for that child. And the church is here to remind you the love of God. And that's what love life's about. It's the church to stop being in this building and go out into the world. And go out to where life's being taken and being sacrificed to convenience. Right? And in the, yeah. book, the book of Leviticus, you got people sacrificing children to Molech. Well, that's Satan. Now it's changed the name to convenience. And not to the point where you can do it for free almost. I mean, when you got a, a child that's under 18 years old, can go and have an abortion, and they don't have to tell nobody, that's a scary problem. That's the society we're living in right now. Um, when we did the prayer walk, I was shocked to see that the FPA location was right next door to the high school. I had no idea. Yeah. My, my, my children are older. Um, but I was like, wow, they've have positioned themselves perfectly and not to be political, but we know that they have made themselves available, yeah. um, everywhere, you know, Absolutely. um, they make it, um, readily available to anyone and everyone. And, um, and that's hidden too. And that's why we're talking about it today, because we want to shed light on um, the solution that's going to give hope, encouragement, and uh, point people to do the right thing, and ultimately point them to Christ. Amen. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing some of those hard numbers. I hadn't heard the ones you shared today. Yeah. I've heard other ones. So, um, let me ask this. If, if a pastor's listening, and he um, has not been able to heard about this or might want to get you know involved how can he do that um well the best way uh, would be through lovelife.org um also you can email me and i can kind of just the, the key is to get them out to the sidewalk the pastor's interested to see what's really going on for some reason they have to come out to the sidewalk then they truly see so our pastor pastor art completely supportive of that completely supportive and when he came out to the sidewalk it kind of clicked like man this is an issue 
you know, and that's what we encourage. So if a pastor is interested, follow up with me or I have other teams, depending where you're at, just to come to a, what's called a one-hour journey. And all you are is there to, to witness what we do and how we do it, and we let the Holy Spirit do the work. I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to show you the harsh reality of what's going on in your backyard and to wake up your congregation to do something. Because another statistic shows that 70% of women choose life when there's a Christian witness on the sidewalk behind Just praying. That's over 50%. And that's a fact. So we encourage the pastor to, um, if he wants to get connected, you tell him to come out and check it out. And then what happens is we encourage him to do a pro-life message on Sunday. Talk about the sanctity of life, the image bearer of God. And then on that following Bible study, Wednesday, whatever day they structure it during the week, we, we encourage the pastor to tell the congregation to pray and fast when it comes to sanctity of life. And then that following Saturday, we lead a prayer walk. Strictly praying, not protesting, praying, worshiping, and breaking down the walls of barriers. This is a spiritual battle. And it's not battle with physical tools. No. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And then the, you see, see the fruit of that. God doing it, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of what we do. Awesome. That's the key. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, and for someone like, um, say you're a family in the church, how can they get involved? If this message is touching their heart, pulling at their heartstrings for whatever, what do the lay people in the church, What? how can they get involved? What opportunities do you have for them? Yeah, so right now, um, getting in contact with me is the best because what it is on my team, we have areas like uh, sidewalk outreach, we, we train, we want you to come out and cut, it's called shadowing. Shadow what we do and how we do it, kind of just give you an overview of um, the area and what goes on. And then we also have, you know, life mentors. If a woman feels that she's, you know, a mother by nature and she wants to embrace a young lady that chose life, um, there's a ministry in, in that. And what it is is just being there for her, loving on her, and any need she needs and that financially whatever we bring to the church and the church provides um, also if you're you want to help with the orphan care um, if you even want to foster a kid or adopt a child we have uh, a ministry with that as well and it's and also restored life or if you want to do it financially you don't want to know part of it but you have money you can help with the ministry that's a blessing too um, it's really relied on the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is what's doing and I would just encourage anyone that's listening just to, to really pray and ask the Lord what you could do. Because from the abortion clinic where I'm at, at PA Women's Health Center, we, we calculate about 15 to 20 babies are being murdered. Because that's what it is, murder a day. So if you calculate that, that's, that's a lot of babies a week. And we need to just, the fact of the matter is this, babies are dying. We're called to be obedient and be out there and glorify God and offering another for the love of Jesus. So reach out um, and really listen to what the Lord is doing because He's the one speaking to you. Um, and we want to equip you with the tools you need to be that light and to be the salt that preserves death and gives taste. And that's what it's really about. So yeah, reach out. I have an email, uh, williamjohn72 at gmail. 
or you can reach out to um, Calvary Chapel Downey or lovelife.org love as well. Say you want to help out, you want to be part of it, you, you feel the Lord's tugging at your heart, don't ignore it because we need more faithful servants who are doing the will of God, not the will of self. To deny ourselves, get the cross, and follow Christ, and that's what we're trying to do: is just deny ourselves daily to get involved to stop the orphan crisis and the moral issue of today. Yeah. Amen. You said it awesome. Yeah. Um, so before we um, say our goodbyes, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that we haven't covered that you think um, needs to be said before we? Bring you back down the road and yeah. catch up with you in the future. Just that, just listen. I want to encourage everyone listening to really take steps of faith because that's what I did. I took this. I don't. I never had kids. I never had an abortion. But I took steps of faith. I'm like, Lord, this is where you want me. This is where I'll be. And I encourage you to, to, to go to that calling, you know. And um, because God will bless you, and He will, he will equip you. That's what he's done in my life is he quit me to even the situation where we're at today where we're talking about it, you know, and just being faithful in that because there is a fire starting and it's started with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is drawing his people to put an end. It's because think about it. If you, if we're no longer saying that a baby is a human life, how much of a lesser human life are we? You know, it doesn't. Value is not distinguished by location. Value is distinguished by being a human being made in the image bearer of God. And we need to stand for that by any means necessary. And we know exactly today where a baby is scheduled to die and what are we doing about it. That's the reality. So I encourage pastors to speak up, speak volumes in their church about what's going on and how to get involved. And stop pushing it to being political. Stop pushing it to where it's a government issue. No, it's a moral issue. And we need to speak truth and love. And to be that light on that corner. And stop saying, oh, it's not for me, it's for someone else. No, if you know, and you're called by the Holy Spirit to be that witness, we need to do it. And there's ways to help. And I've shown that to you today. You did. You did a great job. Yeah, praise God. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, until we meet again, stay hopeful, be strong, and believe. Lastly, if you liked our message, we ask that you please share it with a friend. And if you have a story for consideration or a business that would like to partner with us, please contact us through our Messenger app. 